1: Nuan is now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula.
2: Nuan is now. Hope you're having a great Wednesday. You're listening on 102.9 FM ESPN Radio. Maybe you're watching SWX Montana Television, or maybe you're streaming on the ESPN MT app, no matter how you're tuning in. Thanks so much for being here. Coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Was a little broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than fifteen years, and happy to say so. It's time now for our ESPN roundtable. By the way, missing in the first hour of the show, we talked about uh, the parity of or lack thereof at, at the Division One football ranks, both in the FBS and the FCS. But how did Georgia catch Alabama? How did South Dakota State catch North Dakota State? What parallels exist between the two, and uh, how does that reflect on Montana and Montana State football? We had that discussion. Plus, we heard from Trisha Benford, the head coach of the Montana State women's basketball team. We heard from Jeff Safford, the voice of Grizz Hockey. Our ESPN roundtable is presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street. They got more than 25 big screen TVs, 18 draft beers, full service casino, sports bet Montana kiosk, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and food and drink specials seven days a week. Go check them out there on the south side of town, Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hotspot. We're going to hear from, sorry, I'm all over the place, the, the the podcast, by the way, where you missed everything from the first hour of the show, presented by the M-Store and the MSU Bookstore. Appreciate both of them for riding along with us. Uh, the ESPN Roundtable this week features Bill Kohler. If you're watching on TV or on the app, that bronze, that's Kohler. <laughs> Our uh, owner here at Missoula Broadcasting, she has these cool sports bronzes made by John Pedic, And uh, I don't know if she had any idea that one of those was one of the greatest Bobcats of all time. Kohler was an outstanding player from Warren, Ohio. Most people now, uh, in the here and now, probably know Kohler best for his time uh, as a defensive line coach in the NFL. He's been... Uh, in the NFL since 1990. He's coached some of the all-time great players in the history of the league. We'll get to that here in just a minute. But Bill Kohler retired from football. He he played in the NFL for eight years, and then he coached in the NFL from 1990 all the way until this last year where he served as an advisor and an analyst for the Denver Broncos. So 30-plus years in the NFL as a coach, another decade as a player, so a, a lifetime in the NFL. And then on uh, Tuesday, he was announced as the latest inductee into the College Football Hall of Fame. Kohler was phenomenal, uh a transcendent player at Montana State, multiple-time All-American in the early 1970s, one of the great players brought in by uh, Tom Perrick and then developed by the great coaching staff led by The late Sonny Holland, who just passed away uh, here recently, but also featuring guys like Dennis Erickson, Joe Tiller, phenomenal coaching staff there at Montana State uh, in the late 60s and early 1970s. And Kohler certainly benefited from that. If you look at top Bobcat Stadium, there's four numbers that are retired. Kohler's number 77 is one of them. He's also right there next to Jan Stenerud and uh, Don Haas, a couple other all-time great Bobcats. Uh, But Kohler is uh, one of the caddies, one of my favorite guys. I got the honor of writing his biography for the Montana Football Hall of Fame once upon a time. So congratulations to him on his college football induction. More on sort of the legend of Bill Kohler in just a minute. But here are some thoughts from Bill Kohler on his induction and uh, just on a life of football. Some memories about Montana State and otherwise. From our Zoom earlier this week, Bill Kohler here on the ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls.
1: I was uh, very excited. Uh, last year I went, I had a guy that I coached at the University of Illinois, Mo Gardner, and then we drafted him in Atlanta, and I coached him six more years in Atlanta, and I went to his last year. He wanted me to come, and I said, without a doubt, I wouldn't miss it. So I actually got to, to go one time and, and saw how it is, and it's really an awesome deal. I mean, there's, you know, probably 2,500 people there and all these, uh, you know, great uh, players and coaches from over the years and stuff. It uh, really a very impressive thing. You know, you play with your, your teammates, you know, obviously way back then I had Leon Potke. You know, he came from Warren with me. He was at the other school. He was at... Uh, Warren West Reserve. I was at Warren Harding, but honestly, we went out there and became teammates, and you know, became good friends. And then we had Jim Boyle. Came the next year. He came from Niles, Ohio, which is a you know a, a great program there. And he played with uh, me and Leon for three years and stuff. And you just you know make friendships like that. And then all the other guys back then, you know, in in Montana, it seemed to be you know maybe a little bit more you know Montana State players there than it is now and don't don't quote me on that i, I don't know if that's you know for sure or not but I, I remember all the guys you know that we had from montana that played you know for anywhere you remember zuni Plenty plentywood fairfield you know butte you know all those guys and and uh, you know cities and stuff and and uh, you know it's just great you make you know friendships for life and uh you know, just really, really, uh, you know, the when I made the decision to go to, you know, Montana State, it was the best, like I said, the best decision I've ever made. You mentioned Sonny Holland, obviously, he passed away last
2: month. Um, what would have been kind of your thoughts uh, on seeing the reception for, for his
1: life and and uh and any just other thoughts on on, on playing for him? Oh, yeah, he, he, you know, obviously he was a great guy, everybody, you know, uh, loved him. I mean, uh, you know, you couldn't help but love him, he'd get that shoe he'd you know get some of that copenhagen or school out and he'd get a little buzz and he'd be going nuts and stuff you know uh- you know, for practice and stuff, you know, being from Butte, you know, obviously every, everybody from Butte is just tougher and heck because you gotta be, who the heck wants to live in Butte, you know, I mean, you know, just kidding. But really, I mean, uh, I mean, he was as tough as nails and that's the way the team ended up playing. You know, like I said, you know, everybody loved him, you know, had a great, you know, back and they've got the, the of zone in the stadium, right. You have the statue, you know, down by the new facility and everything. And it was just, great and and uh you know everybody obviously hated to see him you know pass away but uh you know that's uh, you know that's how it goes hey coach just a couple from me nice to see you
2: first of all just take us back to 1973 when you were a a senior at montana state and played in the Senior bowl i mean that's now 50 full years so a a life of football for you how's the game changed and
1: how how have uh, you sort of seen it evolve over these last 50 years oh yeah i mean it 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 definitely has changed uh (laughs) obviously, you know, the money's so great in it now, it's, you know, really unbelievable. And, you know, players are, you know, making so much, you know, back then you played and just sort of helped you out a little bit, you know, with your, you know, life going forward, where nowadays, you know, players are, you know, they play a, you know, a few years, get a good contract and obviously they're set for life and their family's set for life. So it's really, a you know, a big difference in how it used to be. But, You know, like you said, that year back in uh, 74, I played in the East-West Shrine game and then, you know, played in the Senior Bowl and, and, uh, you know, it was just unbelievable. All the, you know, professional coaches that were down there at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama and stuff and then, uh, you know, getting a chance to, you know, play with all the uh, All-Americans and everything, uh, you know, that you play within that, it was a really enjoyable, uh, you know, situation and and I was, uh, you know, lucky enough to, you know, uh, end up winning. Uh, you know the MVP of the game, which just uh, was just uh, you know unbelievable.
2: It seems like a sort of uh, I don't know a perfect moment for you too, right? You retire from from the NFL, and JJ Watt, a guy who you have been tied closely with because you're tied with the Texans, he's retired. Sonny Holland passed away this last year, so sort of seems like your life is is coming full circle these last couple uh, weeks.
1: Right. I mean, it definitely does. You know, you know, like you said, with Coach Holland Pass, and I had saw him last year and, you know, he was, you know, definitely in, you know, pretty tough shape. And then, you know, I keep in, you know, contact with Watt over the years. You know, I coached him his first four years in the league and then, you know, he's, you know, played eight more and just retired, you know, a couple days ago. So it's definitely a... You know, a a big difference. And uh, but, you know, like you said, football's really been, uh, you know, good for me and my family and, uh, you know, everybody else associated with it. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, really happy I was able to, uh, you know, make it as long as I have and, uh, you know, have the career that I did.
2: And last thing for me, you mentioned
1: just the fact that this is sort of on behalf
2: of Montana State. Have you considered just the way that uh, your decision to come from, from Warren, Ohio, to Montana
1: State some 50-plus years ago uh, sort of impacted and it set the stage for the rest of your life? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. You know, my dad, he was a steel worker back in Warren, Ohio, and and uh, had the chance to go to Montana State. He wanted me to get out the, you know, of the area. I could have gone to Youngstown State, Kent State, you know, some schools around there, and he wanted me to, you know, get out of the way. It was sort of a depressed area back then, so uh ended up going to Montana State, and obviously it changed my life forever. I mean, uh, never regretted it, you know, uh, one second. I mean, uh, you know, with the people out there and the fans and backers and everything, I mean, you can't beat it. It definitely turned out to be, you know, the, the best decision I ever made, Other than getting married uh, to my wife. (laughs) So, but uh, yeah, really, I I mean, just, you know, uh, just a tremendous deal. Well, thanks so much, Coach. Congratulations. You bet, Kohler.
2: Bill Kohler, some excerpts from our 35 plus minute Zoom call the other day. It's our ESPN roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Bill Kohler, a Montana State alum and uh, a now inductee into the College Football Hall of Fame. His most famous accomplishment in college actually came after his Montana State career ended. Kohler was the MVP of the Senior Bowl, that helped vault him into the first round of the NFL draft. He's the first ever first round draft pick out of the NFL, or out of the Big Sky Conference. Excuse me. I uh, one of our guys, one of our favorite guys, Mike Kramer, uh, occasional contributor here on this show in a long time. Uh, Big Sky Conference coach, he was a Big Sky Conference player, offensive lineman, of similar age to Kohler. They played against each other, and Kramer once told me a story uh, about how when Idaho was about to play Montana State, and an NFL scout had told an Idaho assistant that Kohler, this was back when, you know, scouts could just come and put you on the clock, and it wasn't all this um, rules about who could be in touch with who, and, uh, A scout came and put Kohler on the clock for the 40-yard dash. And Kohler, at the time at 267 pounds, ran 4.63 in the 40. And Kramer heard that through the grapevine, and his quote from my Montana Hall of Fame story was, all I thought was, oh no. (laughs) Then on Saturday, we played, and I never touched him. I swear I did not block him once. He was absolutely raw speed. He was just so darn fast. Dennis Erickson once told me, Kohler was so athletic, he created havoc along the line at all levels. He'd penetrate on every single down and made plays all over the field. In those days, he reminded me of Warren Sapp, the player I had at Miami. It was different times, but that's just how dominant he was. So, Bill Kohler, an absolutely uh, unbelievable football player, but also will probably be remembered most for his ability as a phenomenal coach. He Broke into the NFL with the Atlanta Falcons and coached some great defensive lines there in Atlanta. He was part of that team that went to the Super Bowl in 1998. And then he transitioned and he was uh, spent probably his most successful years in the late 2000s and early 2010s with the Houston Texans and then uh, the last eight years with the Denver Broncos. During his time in Houston, he coached former number one overall pick Mario Williams, helped him turn into an all-pro. He coached J.J. Watt. When Watt was a multiple-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year honoree, and Kohler also had the fine distinction of coaching Von Miller during Miller's time with the Denver Broncos, which uh, included winning a Super Bowl MVP. The ESPN Roundtables presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula for some more from Bill Kohler, including on some of the great players he coached during his outstanding coaching career.
1: And I think, you know, J.J. obviously had just an unbelievable career. I'm sure he'll be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame in five years. You know, the first you can end up getting in there. And I think he just, you know, he said his you know body kept getting beat up all the time and stuff. He had a tremendous year this year. He had 12 and a half sacks. So he was like sixth in the league in sacks this year, which is, you know, unbelievable, especially, you know, for his age and stuff. But but he told me we we, we played him. With about three or four weeks left, and he had three sacks in the game, and I told him, I said, "Man, it looks like you got a couple years left." He said, "Nope." He said, "This is it." And then he came out a couple weeks later and, you know, announced it to the, uh, you know, the public. So, but uh, yeah, no, it, it's so, sort of neat, definitely though. You know, because I've uh, stayed in contact with him the whole time. Uh, you know, since uh, I was, uh, you know, done coaching him and stuff, and uh, just, a, you know, a tremendous person. I know he wasn't part of your position group, but but coaching Alex Singleton or having him on your, your team, uh, another Bobcat. How how cool was that this year? Uh, I'm gonna tell you what. This guy is an unbelievable player. I'm telling you. I mean, I mean, the guy. In fact, he might have set the Denver Bronco record for tackles for a linebacker. This year. And the thing is, he only played about 65% of the snaps because, you know, sometimes the linebacker isn't in there, you know, in nickel situations and stuff. He he, there was one game earlier in the year. He had 19 solo tackles in the game which is the second most ever in the NFL. Now, think of that now. I mean, I'm going to tell you, this guy is a great person, a hell of a player. Uh, You know, I'm hoping, again, because I'm going to be a Denver Bronco fan, I'm hoping because he only had a one-year contract, so his contract's up. I'm hoping they get him signed back, and he's got another two or three years here because, I mean, the guy is a great guy and a hell of a player. Really, I mean, Bobcats were in really good hands when he was up there playing. I know that for sure.
2: Fun to see those two guys cross paths. I mean, Alex Singleton graduated from Montana State, what, 2015? So, uh, you know, a a full 40 years after Bill Kohler. And then they found themselves together uh, in Denver uh, definitely super impressive. Bill Kohler, recent inductee into the College Football Hall of Fame and Montana State alum, one of the only retired numbers at MSU. He's our featured guest on our ESPN roundtable. Didn't want to play just the whole Zoom call in perpetuity because there's just so many, hey, how are you? Congratulations, all that stuff. So we extracted some of the best stuff uh, with Coach Kohler uh, here. How about what's next? Bill Kohler retired from a life of football uh At the professional level, here's what he's got cooking
1: coming up. I told Coach yesterday, he had, you know, texted me and congratulated me and stuff. I said, Hey, I said, since I'm retired now, I said, uh, you know, if you need any help, uh, you know, with pass rush or just whatever, you know, it it doesn't end up mattering. I'm going to have a lot of free time now. So uh, I would definitely, uh, you know, be interested in helping out, uh, you know, now and then. So uh, he definitely said, Yes, that, uh, you know, he would. And, and like I said, I, I talked to the, the uh, team—I uh, don't know what it was—maybe three years ago—and to high school clinic up there and stuff—and and you know, I really haven't been able to because you know I've been coaching the, at the same time in the you know the NFL. But I, I definitely uh, plan on uh, being around and helping out.
2: Well, That'd be a pretty good uh, coup. <laughs> Sean Howell's did a great job there on the uh, defensive line there at Montana State. But if you can get a guy that coached Mario Williams and J.J. Watt and Von Miller and Jadavion Clowney. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on and on. Bill Kohler has coached some of the great defensive linemen uh, in the NFL over the last 15 years. And uh, so certainly uh, would be great if he could contribute at Montana State. That would be a big boon uh, for the Big Sky Conference. Last soundbite here from Coach Kohler on his induction into the college football Hall of Fame. Again, congratulations to him. And uh, fun to get to know Coach Kohler. Uh, One of my most fun pictures that I show people all the time is, is uh, a picture of, of myself and Bill Kohler and him showing off his Super Bowl ring. It's just, uh, yes, you know, not every day that you get to see, you get to know a guy that has a Super Bowl ring, and uh, not every day that uh, you get to spend time with him annually. I mean, he, he comes by the Montana Football Hall of Fame every single year. He was one of our inductees in 2017, and uh, it's been a true pleasure. Getting to know him. Here is one last soundbite from Coach Kohler here on our ESPN Roundtable about the impact that football has had on his life. Talked about Sonny, but that coaching staff that you played for was amazingly accomplished with Sonny Lubick, Cliff Heisel, Don Christensen, who passed away recently. Could you maybe just give some thoughts about the, the staff as a whole and the coaching you received at Montana State?
1: Oh yeah, I I, I think that that's one thing you know because maybe maybe sometimes you know uh, you know obviously back then fifty years ago maybe you know the 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 players that were playing you know at the you know one double A level or whatever weren't maybe getting as top notch coaching as we did because it was just like we were playing at Ohio State you know USC whatever I mean no, those guys did a tremendous job and. And the, the funny thing is, obviously, when I was there, you know, you say, hey, man, we're, get, you know, getting a good job, you know, by the coaching stuff. But then as it went and then when I went and played in the NFL, you know, and how, well, you roll right in there and you're, you're right on the other level with those guys because it's, you know, you had, you know, the top notch coaching, you know, all along, you know, when you were in college. And then obviously it ended up helping me out for when I got it, you know, into coaching then. You know, uh, I had played for Abe uh, Gibran, you know, in, in Tampa for uh, six years and stuff. And, and uh, you know, he did a tremendous job. And you just pick up little things from, you know, certain coaches and, and all that kind of stuff. And that sort of eventually be, ends up becoming your style. And, uh, you know, like you said, when, when I was at Montana State, we had a top-notch, uh, you know, coaching staff. That's for sure.
2: And then last thing I'd like to get your thoughts on is Brad Dawes mentioned the um, – the rough and tumble steel mill mentality of the Ohio guys and Montana state really built its program way back in the fifties on Ohio and Pennsylvania guys. And so I'm wondering if you could just comment on coming from Ohio, the importance of uh, the
1: game of football in, in uh, your home area and, um, you know, how that blended in to the uh, environment here at Montana state. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think that, you know, I was from Warren, Ohio, and, and back then, what it ended up turning out to be was, I mean, it was steel mills, right? So it was, you know, blue collar, hard working individuals and stuff, you know, that, w- that we end up, you know, having there. And so, you know, what would end up happening is, and again, uh, because you, you, and then you had the mix of the Montana kids, like I said, of, you know, Butte and, 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 and you know how it is too now. Those, those suckers that are out on those ranches, working on those ranches. Those guys are tougher than nails. I mean, you got to be when those doggone cows and everything's <laughs> kicking the crap out of, you know. So, I mean, we had a, you know, a, a group of guys there that were, you know, really tough. And, I mean, you know, it, it carried over onto the football field and, you you know, everybody end up loving it. That's how you got to be. You know, when you're playing football, it's not an easy sport. You got to love it, and that's how we were. You know, Coach Holland and, and you know, Coach Erickson, Coach Lubick, you know, all those guys, you know, really instilled in us and, and uh, you know, really, uh, you know, took us forward. It's
2: amazing to think just the, the amount of history that can be traced to Montana State in the early 1970s, but just the state of Montana in general, I mean, Someday, if I ever find the time, I want to write a book, All Roads Lead to Butte. <laughs> I don't know if that would actually be the title, but uh, so much of the history of football and college football has had uh, has been greatly influenced by people from the Treasure State, people connected to the Treasure State, people from the Mining City. Uh, that connection to Warren, Ohio really helped uh, build the, the foundation of Montana State's football program, When Jim Sweeney was there in the 1960s and uh, then Sonny Holland there in the 1970s. And you pair a bunch of steel mill guys from Ohio and from the the rust belt, the steel belt, so to speak. And uh, then you you pair them with a bunch of guys from Montana, rural Montana or Butte, Montana or both. Pretty darn good. You get pretty tough guys. Congratulations again to Coach Kohler, Bill Kohler. Earlier this week, inducted into the college football Hall of Fame, one of the only retired numbers at Montana State University. Been a great pleasure uh, getting to know Coach Kohler over the years. How about some Grizz? Grizz hoops back in town. Men's basketball uh, tomorrow very much anticipated, at least to me, showdown against Weaver State. We caught up with one of the newest Grizz yesterday, our Grizz Star of the Week. Featuring Anand Moody, a tra- transfer from Southern Utah, who's making waves for the Grizz basketball team. We'll play that interview next. Keep it right here. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. There's this uh, great movie that I think it was really popular for a moment in time because they played it on TV all the time. I don't know if they still do. And also, I mean, like so much in our lives and culture and whatever, there's so much stuff that just gets marred by controversy and then all of a sudden it just disappears. Regardless, I remember watching this movie a bunch when I was a kid. It's called The Jacksons, An American Dream. It's all about... The Jacksons, the Jackson 5, and, uh, you know, the Jackson family, and then, you know, the rise to fame and Michael Jackson. And it it ends like when Michael Jackson does the moonwalk at the Motown Awards in the early 80s. And this is before we ever thought anything bad about Michael Jackson or the Jacksons or whatever. There's a part of that movie where a young Michael Jackson is watching uh, a burgeoning star in Jackie Wilson. And I remember watching that movie. I was obsessed with Michael Jackson when I was a little kid. And I remember watching that movie and seeing that Michael Jackson was obsessed with Jackie Wilson. And then all of a sudden myself becoming obsessed with Jackie Wilson and, uh, underrated, man. I don't know why people don't mention Jackie Wilson or Jackie Wilson was like, Mr. Entertainment. He was like electrify. He was so sweet back in the fifties and sixties. Anyways, a little Van Morrison, a little homage to, uh, Jackie or to, uh, Jackie Wilson. So, um, I don't know. It's funny the stuff you remember from childhood. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Epic Monday is happening every Monday at Lost Trail now through the end of February. Epic Monday means you can ski for a full day at half the price. Less people on the snow on the slopes. Excuse me, but same great snow, same great conditions. This is good every Monday except for this upcoming Monday. So not Martin Luther King Day, but uh, most of the other Mondays coming up. On Epic Mondays, you can also get dollar off, draft beers, and kombuchas. Epic Mondays are happening now through February 27th. All details are available at LostTrail.com. Lost Trails open Thursday through Monday conveniently from 9 a.m. until 4.30. Lost Trail. Go for the snow. The Grizzmen's basketball team back in in Missoula after uh, salvaging a road split this last weekend. They lost in overtime in Northern Arizona, but then bounced back for a win over Northern Colorado. The Grizz sit at 2-2 two and two in Big Sky Conference play, 8-8 eight and eight overall. And uh, I think that they are a more appealing product this year than they have been in the last two years. They seem to have uh, got a little bit better of a semblance of um, continuity. And uh, they brought in a couple additions that have really helped expand their offense. They really helped uh, spread the floor and make the spacing a little better. And they're just more appealing to watch offensively. Now, defensively, they're still tough and salty on the perimeter. They need to find some protection in the middle. We've already talked about that ad nauseum. But one guy that's been a good addition for uh, the Grizzlies has been Anand Moody. He is a 6'3 guard who transferred... So Southern Utah, he spent a couple years at North Dakota. Uh, He was North Dakota's Mr. Basketball. He was one of the all-time leading scorers in the history of North Dakota high school hoops. I went to the University of North Dakota and spent three seasons there at UND. Then he played uh, another two seasons at Southern Utah. So now here he is in year six at uh, Montana. And as you'll hear here, he actually might even have another year after this. It's crazy how much time these guys get to spend in college. But either way, Anand Moody has been a great addition to the Grizz. He's averaging 14.2 points per game, shooting almost 40% from beyond the three-point arc, and uh, he's been an efficient player. Uh, a, a combo guard has done a lot more than I thought maybe he could do. Uh, he was sort of cast in a different role during his time at Southern Utah. Come up with Anand Moody earlier this week. Down here at Dahlberg Arena, Anand Moody joining us for the first time on ESPN Radio. How are you doing, man? I'm good and glad to be here. First of all, just tell us about being in Missoula. I mean, what's life been like for you? I know you're married, right? Married. So this is a different transition than most transfers. you got to yes. find a place to live with the wife, the kids, all that sort of stuff. What's it been like in Missoula so far?
3: It's been great. My in-laws are here, and uh, oh, my, cool. my parents are back and forth. So I have my 3-year-old and then my now 6-week-old. Um, so sleep is not in abundance right now. But, um, definitely the support helps for sure.
2: Well, I saw you on the court after the last home game with uh, your three-year-old, and it's so cute to see you. That's a totally different experience than most guys go through, though. So, I mean, how do you sort of balance hoops and, and life as a dad?
3: It's, it's very hard, especially when school starts back up. It's going to be very hard. But what helps is that I have three assistant coaches that all have kids around the same <laughs> age as me. So sometimes it's like, which group do I fit in? Right. The players or the coaches? Um, so I'm, I'm right in the middle. It's a good blend, and they help me with a lot of questions that I have. And, you know, like I said, there's support. Um, so the balance is good. Um, when the support is not there, it's going to be a little bit more tough. But So is your gal from Missoula? No, she's actually from Fargo North Dakota.
2: Oh, so the but the, yep. the in-laws just moved up here just to help they, out. They
3: they got an Airbnb for about 4 months. Oh, cool. So they're <laughs> retired, so that nice. helps a lot. And
2: yeah. they knew they knew as your your
3: last basketball season, so that's cool of them, right? Yes, Well, potentially. I think I, I, I might you might have another I, year, I, right? I might have a medical redshirt next year. We'll see though. We'll see.
2: <laughs> I can't ever get the uh, the eligibility straight with all these uh, the, the COVID timeline. Just tell me about fitting into this team so far. I mean, first of all, how do you think your role is different than it was at Southern Utah?
3: Uh, definitely more minutes, more of a leadership role. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you know, I'm one of the older guys. Um, and mature-wise, um, I feel like I have a lot to give. So I just feel like I've been able to grow as a person and as a player so much because of uh, the freedom that Trav gives me in the locker room but also on the court. Um, so it's, it's been great. It's been a great transition for me, and I feel like I really add value to the team that the team needed from last year. Um, yeah. Ana Moody joining us here uh, on Nuwana's Now. It's our Grizz Star of the Week
2: when it comes to just your skill set, I watched you at Southern Utah, I would have said you're mostly just a spot-up shooter, but then you come here, you're handling the ball, you're know, breaking the press, sometimes you're even playing on the ball as the point guard, so I mean, you obviously knew you had that in you, was that something you were looking to sort of uh, find in an opportunity to be able to display that?
3: Absolutely, I feel like um, when you're a six-man and you're coming off the bench, um, there's one thing that you do well that the coaches might need you to do, Tom. and that was shooting for the most of my career, and the shadows I've been working on, my ball handling, trying to Uh, make a a whole game out of myself and and Trav noticed that. Um, So now that I have the minutes and the opportunity, like I said, the long leash, um, I'm able to express more of my talents and I think that helps the team. And
2: in Southern Utah, too, I mean, John Knight, just so ball-dominant. I
3: mean, you're going to play him on the ball anyways, right? Because he's getting downhill on everybody. Yes, and he's not much of a shooter either. So when you play him off the ball, well, then it's four on five. (laughs) That's right. So um, I think with the team dynamic here, it just gives me more freedom. So it's great. Uh,
2: The fact that you've been through the rigors of the Big Sky Conference before, are are you seeing some advantages
3: just in terms of your familiarity with the league? Definitely, definitely. Like, going into games, knowing what pick-and-roll coverages they do, um, knowing how much they help on the backside, that helps with read. For sure, and then game planning as well. So, when I go into games, I know what to expect. Yeah, it helps a lot, honestly.
2: You guys, four games in the conference play, two splits. So, where do you think you guys are at just in terms of uh, your overall goals and it just as a team?
3: Yeah, you know, we're the two games that we have lost, we've had them. Um, so, we know we're right there. The potential to be 4 um, 0. It's very, very, you know, likely that we, we were. We just need to find a way to close out games, and I, th- I think if we can do that, um, we'll have a lot of success the rest of the year. So uh, we don't plan on losing much more games, you know, other than the two that we already have. We're going to learn from them, um, and we're going to bounce back for sure. Well,
2: several new faces on this team, several returners. So, I mean, what's been the keys to you guys coming together? Because it, it
3: seems like you guys got pretty good continuity here early on. Yeah, we do. We do. And we're still trying to figure each other out. Um, It's still early. You know, a lot of us have only known each other for four or five months. Um, So we just really want to play our best basketball in March. Um, And right now, I don't think we're there, but that's what we try to do. That's why we practice. Right. So I think, you know, by the time March comes, you know, we'll have enough familiarity to be on the same page um, and be consistent with it. 40 minutes.
2: Because I've had several, or you yourself have played Weber State several times, but uh, it, it's a different ballgame when it's Weber State, Montana. I'm excited for you to get to experience it because it's definitely rivalry type atmosphere. What do you think of the matchup on Thursday?
3: Uh, you know they've been playing decent, um, and I think we're getting into our own. It's going to be a good matchup. Um, they got some new guys, we have some new guys, so different team, different coach on their side as well. You know, at Southern Utah, they were a rival as well. So this game, you know, no matter what, it's like you know, it's it, it's it means a lot to me, you know. So. You know, it's going to be a good game.
2: Where do you want to see this in terms of growth from uh, yourself and this team uh, th- this uh, next home weekend?
3: Uh, just consistency and having more discipline. You know, everybody playing on the same page. Not playing as individuals, but everybody that comes and sees a the game, they see that we're on the same page we play as a team. I think if we can do that, then you know the results will speak for themselves.
2: There you go. On and Moody, our Grizz Star of the Week. We have a new addition to the NFL they're letting the players pick an all-pro team. I can't really think of anybody better to pick an all-pro team. It sparked controversy. I don't think there's much to the controversy. I love the list. We'll go over that list next to take you home here on your Wednesday. Keep it right here. New is Now, ESPN Radio.
1: Now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television.
2: You know what movie I haven't seen in a long time? That song reminds me of the movie. Vanilla Sky. When I first watched that movie, I thought it was I mean I I didn't think. It's it's a bizarre film. <laughs> but I was like very much younger and and I would like to think much less um mature and intellectually developed. I, I got to check that movie out again. I wonder if I'd have a different take on it in my 30s than I did uh, in my teens. A little Peter Gabriel for you here on your Wednesday. Hope you're having a phenomenal week so far. You're listening to Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Appreciate you for riding along with us here on your Wednesday. Missed anything in the show today? We covered a lot of ground today. We talked about dynasties in college football, and how do you catch the likes of Alabama and North Dakota State like Georgia and South Dakota State have, and what does it all mean for the Big Sky Conference and the Montana schools? We also heard from Trisha Binford, Montana State head women's basketball coach. We heard about some Grizz hockey. Jeff Safford, voice of Grizz hockey, jumped in the studio to break it all down for us. We also heard from Bill Kohler, recent inductee into the College Football Hall of Fame And uh, one of my favorite guys, a life of football, uh, most well known as a college, excuse me, as an NFL coach, but was once upon a time a tremendous player at Montana State about 50 years ago. And now he's into the College Football Hall of Fame. He joined us for our ESPN roundtable. And we heard from Anand Moody, a senior guard for the University of Montana men's basketball team. They are back at home tomorrow against Weaver State. You can find everything in today's show. On the Nuanas Now podcast, which is probably presented by the M Store located in downtown Missoula at the corner of Broadway and Higgins, go get uh, all your Grizz gear at the M Store where they are all Grizz all the time. Also presented by the Montana State Bookstore. Montana State Bookstore donates a part of its proceeds every year uh, back to basically textbook price relief. So they're always giving back to the students, mitigating and uh, helping. Uh, keep in check textbook calls. are very cool and uh, happy to have both those fine sponsors along for the ride here um, on the New Now podcast. Earlier today, the inaugural release of the Players All-Pro Teams. This is voted on by players across the National Football League. This is just the best of the best. So we'll go through it, and then I'll tell you Any and all arguments I might have. The quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs. The running back, Josh Jacobs, Las Vegas Raiders. Totally justifiable there because he led the league in rushing. Kyle Juszczyk, who's undeniably the best fullback in the league. He lands on the list. The receivers, Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams. The tight end, Travis Kelsey. The offensive line, how about this group of stalwarts? Trent Williams of the San Francisco 49ers. Joel Betonio, excuse me, Joel Betonio from the Cleveland Browns, Jason Kelsey of the Philadelphia Eagles, Zach Martin of the Dallas Cowboys, and Lane Johnson of the Philadelphia Eagles. The offensive line is so impressive because Williams, Kelsey, Martin, and Johnson are all 10-plus year NFL veterans. So these are not spring chickens. These guys have been in the league forever. I mean, Trent Trent Williams is a a true marvel. The, The guy has been among the best players in the NFL forever. I mean, it's amazing that he never really takes a a step back. He sort of toiled in Washington for a really long time, and no one really seemed to notice that he was having an all-time great career. And then he gets to San Francisco, where he's actually been able to use, uh, being able to establish a reputation as somebody that contributes to a successful franchise. And uh, the guy has been an all pro each of the last two years and is widely considered uh, the best offensive tackle in football. Oh, by the way, he is a 13 year NFL veteran and he's 34 years old. As I'm perusing Trent Williams' biography, how about this? This is ridiculous. At six foot four and a half. 325 pounds at the NFL Combine. Trent Williams ran 4.88 in the 40. (laughs) That's unbelievable. Most of you listening out there could not run 4.88. Trent Williams is 6'5", 325, and he ran 4.88. That's a pretty good athlete. (laughs) I digress, though. Um, The the offensive line, it shows you that uh, experience, savvy footwork, all that uh, is equally as uh, important as power, youth, Superstar strength, all that stuff. Defensively, the Andrew Rushers, Nick Bosa and Miles Garrett. The interior defensive linemen, Chris Jones of the Kansas City Chiefs and Aaron Donald of the Rams. Obviously, Nick Bosa of the of the 49ers and Miles Garrett of the uh, Cleveland Browns. Interior, Chris Jones of Kansas City and Aaron Donald of the Rams. Nose tackle, Dexter Lawrence of the New York Giants. The off-ball linebackers, Fred Warner of the 49ers and Roquan Smith of the Ravens. Patrick Sertan of the Denver Broncos, and Darius Slay of the Philadelphia Eagles are the cornerbacks. Micah Fitzpatrick of the Pittsburgh Steelers is the free safety. Derwin James of the Los Angeles Chargers is the strong safety. Kicker-turner Cordero Patterson of the Atlanta Falcons. Putter-turner Kevontae Turpin of the Dallas Cowboys. Your special teams core guys, Jeremy Reeves of the Washington Commanders and Justin Hardy of the New York Jets. The kicker, Jason Myers of the Seahawks. The putter, Tommy Townsend of the Chiefs and the long snapper, Morgan Cox, of Tennessee. I got no gripes with the offense. I think it's as good as it gets. You might be able to mince hairs there with Mahomes and and Hurts, and I think that's going to be probably who is the, the primary vote-getters for MVP. In my mind, this is the latest iteration of Patrick Mahomes' uh, brilliance, and I think it's the one that really cements him as an absolute first-ballot Hall of Famer. He was the shooting star, the guy who rose up, and took the league by storm, doing stuff that no one had ever seen before. And then he hit the first brick wall where everybody started catering their defenses and their coverage to him and keeping everything in front of him. He figured out a way to still have a deep playoff run with that. Uh, Then he emerged again this last couple years with the departure of several of their primary star players, namely Tyreek Hill. And this year, Mahomes basically disproved, we're not trying to blow anybody out, we're not trying to cover the spread, whatever, we are just going to win. We don't care if we are the the favorites. We don't care uh, what people think of us. We are going to find a way to win. And the Chiefs had less hype than they've had in recent years because Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, they're not the newest uh, shiny storyline on the block. They're not the new shiny toy. Uh, Instead, now they are sort of the, the old dogs in the race. And don't look now, but the Chiefs, the number one seed in the AFC once again. So now the road to the Super Bowl Again, goes through Kansas City, but other than that, no beef uh, on the uh, the offense. Defensively, I heard all over, I saw all over Twitter, and I heard all over talk radio. Well, where's Micah Parsons? Where's Micah Parsons from the Dallas Cowboys? Parsons is a sweet player. He's a lot better than I thought he was going to be uh, coming out of Penn State. He was a combine freak who I thought was going to have a hard time finding a position. And then when I heard they were going to play him, basically as a hybrid between a stand-up inside linebacker and a stand-up outside linebacker. I was like, man, how's this kid going to do it? Well, he's been a tremendous playmaker. He runs as well as anybody in the NFL. He's all over the field. He's certainly the key to the Cowboys' defensive scheme, and they have one of the best defenses in the league. And he had 13 half sacks this year, 65 total tackles. Certainly worthy of, of getting a lot of recognition. I am in the minority here. I know that I am. But there's nobody that's better as a a pure defensive end than Nick Bosa. And there's nobody better, in my mind right now, especially considering Aaron Donald missed seven games this year, there's nobody better on the defensive side of the ball, period, than Nick Bosa for the San Francisco 49ers. He leads the league in sacks with 185 He leads the league in quarterback pressures by a wide margin. He's got almost twice as many as the second uh, player in in quarterback pressures. To me, Bosa is the MVP of the NFL this year. I think he's going to be the defensive player of the year, but I think he's the MVP of the National Football League this year. I think he's one of the best guys in football right now. Miles Garrett, I know the Browns were disappointing this year, but 16.5 sacks and more than 25 tackles for loss, uh, hard to scoff at that. The reason I'd say that those guys are better, Edge rushers than Parsons is first of all Parsons moves all over the formation and he blitzes from all all sorts of different angles. He's set up to make splash plays. You guys go still make them still, but I, I just uh, I think that Bosa and Garrett both receive more attention, yet their production is greater. I think they're the two most unstoppable guys on front sevens uh, in football right now. The only beef I would have because I think they got everything on the I think the players in this All Pro first inaugural player vote, got this completely right from top to bottom. The one beef I would have, uh, and I think Aaron Donald, when he's at his best, is still the best player in football, but he's not at his best right now. He's been in and out of the lineup, and the Rams have really struggled. I would have put Quinn and Williams from the New York Jets up there instead uh, of Aaron Donald. Next time the contract game rolls around, Quinn and Williams is going to get paid. And, and uh, if you don't know who he is, you're going to know, I promise. He is... Uh, the next dominant interior defensive lineman, and he already was this year. That's the one beef I might've had. Join us tomorrow, please, around the big sky women's hoops with Crystal Redpath to kick off the show. Brooks Nuana, Skyline Sports, our NFL betting specialist will join us as well. And we'll hear from Eric Duft, first-year Weaver State head coach. We'll see you then. Nuana's now, ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine Delanz of the Advocates If you've been listening to ESPN radio, you're familiar and you know, if you've been in an accident, the advocates can surely help you. What sort of expertise do you guys have when it comes to uh, any sort of personal injury, accidents, things like that?